You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 152. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and I have a treat for you. If you're new to me, you may not know about these live stream webinar Q&A sessions I do with top industry thought leaders called Impact After Hours. These Q&A sessions are fun and casual and easygoing, but also thought-provoking, insightful, and hopefully inspiring. At our most recent PMO Impact Summit in May, we had two Q&A sessions. 150 and 151 episodes were the first and second half of the live stream Q&A from speakers from the most recent PMO Impact Summit. This one is with my usual gang, my usual Impact After Hours crowd. And you will see why we call it Impact After Hours. It's really kind of like back in the old days when we used to get together in person at pubs and coffee shops and talk to our colleagues about what it was really like to do the kind of work that we were doing, challenge each other to think about things differently, maybe have a little bit of a heated discussion and different perspective, which is awesome. But at the end of the day, all of us are focused on making sure that we can do good work and help those of you in the community make a bigger impact with your PMOs. So that's what these Impact After Hours sessions are all about. We got such great feedback and had so much fun doing our Impact After Hours at the last summit that I just really wanted to share it with all of you here on the podcast to give you a little flavor of what these Impact After Hours sessions are like so that you can make sure you are on the newsletter and you hear about whenever these new Impact After Hours sessions come up. We are always talking about really great topics that are super important to all of you building, running, or even rescuing PMOs. So today we will cover part one of this two-part podcast because it was an hour and a half Q&A session and I'm not doing that to you. So we broke it up into two podcast episodes for you. And this particular rowdy group is well known for covering a range of topics in any one conversation. We focused on the theme of accelerating your PMO impact. So you're going to hear some interesting insights and perspectives specifically around things that you can do to drive more business value in your organization and accelerate the impact your PMO is making. I hope you enjoy listening to this session as much as we enjoy doing them. And this is definitely the kind of episode that you want to kick back, relax, and just take it all in. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the Impact Engine PMO Implementation Program. In today's results-driven world, it's not enough to be good at your job. You need to be great at making an impact. You must be able to drive measurable value to the business through the high-impact outcomes you're creating with your PMO, so there's no denying the clear-cut advantage you bring to the team the leadership team that is. The Impact Engine PMO Implementation Program is specifically designed for the PMO leader that needs the step-by-step process, the right resources, guidance, and support to build, elevate, or even rescue a PMO fast, all while doing exactly what needs to be done from a leadership perspective 
to get and keep that seat at the table. Using my step-by-step process, training, templates, and tools, you'll know exactly what you need to do, in what order, why that matters, and how to shortcut some of the pain, frustration, headaches, and mistakes that plague so many PMOs. Your fast track to the results your business leaders are begging you for is inside this program. Our Impact Engine PMO students come from all different kinds of organizations, large and small, across industries around the world, and they will tell you that this program has made all the difference in their success. So whether this is your first PMO or fifth PMO, you're trying to get your PMO started or get things back on track, we've got everything you need to be successful in this program. So come check it out at iepmo.com. That's iepmo.com. Or just visit us on the PMO Strategies website and we'll guide you the rest of the way. I can't wait to welcome you into your future high impact PMO today. Okay, let's do this. Enjoy. All right. Welcome. Welcome to Impact After Hours. These are um, kind of like back in the old days when we used to get together in person in real life at a pub or a coffee shop and talk about work and ta- complain about work and talk about what was really going on in the organizations we were and the challenges we were facing and maybe a little bit about how to solve some of those problems. That's what this will be like. So feel free to kick your feet up, grab your beverage of choice and join us for this session to talk about Nothing other than the best, how we accelerate our impact uh, with the PMO. That is the the whole theme is accelerating your impact uh, for the PMO Impact Summit. And um, this session today is very unscripted. Everyone's kind of got things they want to talk about, which I think is awesome. And we're going to just roll right into it. So as we go through this session today, we will see where our journey takes us and um, feel free to ask, please do look for the Q&A and ask us questions in the Q&A um, about anything related to the topics we're talking about related to accelerating your impact with the PMO. I will be keeping an eye on questions, both that were submitted in advance through our Q&A and the platform, um, speaker Q&A it's called. Uh, but now that you're here live in the session, you may as well just ask your questions right here in the session. We'll make sure we get to them. So with that said, Um, Since we have a little bit of extra time today than we normally do, I want to make sure that we give everyone a chance to introduce themselves very briefly. Um, So please, I'm going to ask you all to introduce yourselves, and then we are going to fly right into sharing thoughts on the best ways to accelerate your impact with the PMO. So Donna, you're up in my upper left, so I'm starting with you. Uh, Donna Fitzgerald, delighted to be here. A uh, very quick bio, I started my project management career in 1979. So if there's a trend or an impact or anything, I've seen it. And I was also at the ground floor of the Agile movement. And I'm just delighted to say Jim Highsmith recently, who was one of the founders and signers of the Agile Manifesto, has just asked me to help edit his book. So Wow. I'm really excited about that. Uh, Stuart, you're next. So I'm Stuart Easton. Um, I'm the CEO and the founder of Transparent Choice. So we're a software company that does uh, portfolio management, prioritization software, 
Um, so so um, I come at this from a very business-oriented perspective uh, about, you know, impact is, is about the impact on the business. It's not just about projects and project delivery, but it's, it's about really moving the needle strategically for the, for the business. So I'm going to be coming from that angle today. Um, I trained a million, million years ago as a physicist. So be warned, right, Laura, you put acceleration in the name of the, of the session. So you're going to get physics tonight. I see how this is going to go today. I got you. <laughs> Remember, Stuart, I am coming to visit you yeah, in Cambridge in just a month. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll civilize you yet, Laura. Um, Amanda, welcome. Hey. Hey, everyone. Amanda Oakenfall um, probably kicked off my career in project management in the mid early mid-90s. Um, I come from the delivery side where boys run PMOs as part of delivery and am now working with IBM and leading their practice of what's called complex program managers uh, for Australia and New Zealand. So I'm coming with that, that lens today. That's awesome. Welcome, Amanda. Uh, and thank you for joining us so bright and well, so dark and early. Um, and Stuart, thank you for joining us so dark and late. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Mike, and you're just all messed up on your time zones. You're in one time zone working in another. We don't know where you are. So welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks. I'm just back in my, my normal primary uh, abode in the Washington, D.C. area where you and I used to hang out all the time. Yep. Laura, um, but yeah, dealing with uh, multiple time zones, but this is a very good problem to have um, as I've not had the privilege to work in so many time zones at once until now. <laughs> Except for on Impact After Hours, where we've got them all covered. True, true. <laughs> but that usually comes with some wine or something, but I'll still be working, so no wine till later for me. Darn, sorry to hear it. <laughs> well, I will uh, say Stuart and I have not geeked out anywhere near enough yet on things like flow density curves. Uh, oh, you're physics right. Back. And what we're going to talk about tonight, but um, we'll try not yeah. to make it like too geeky for, for geek those path. who are afraid of science. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome, Mike. Um, so, uh, welcome everyone. Um, if you don't know me, uh, I am Laura Bernard, Chief Impact Driver for PMO Strategies. Uh, the entire reason that I do what I do and the reason I started PMO Strategies is because back in 1999, when I built my first PMO, not when I started my career, but when somebody was fool enough, foolish enough to say, hey, you'll do, come set up a PMO for us. Um, and I had to learn everything the hard way. From that point forward, I realized, you know what? Um, this work ain't so easy. And if I can save people the time and headaches and frustration that I experienced building PMOs for 15 years, I had a lot of wins along the way as well, but usually had to learn things the hard way first. Uh, my goal is to save all of you the time um, and energy and do it right the first time. And right, there is, there is actually some right. There's a lot of ways, there's a lot of it depends, but there are some things that will save you a lot of time and energy and frustration. Um, and a lot of it comes with the kinds of things that we'll be talking about here today and that we've been talking about in all the live sessions today um, regarding uh, shifting our mindset to be more focused on outcomes instead of just measuring ourselves by the outputs we create. Uh, being more of a results-driven organization, results-driven PMO, and really shifting that mindset to becoming what I call an impact driver for your organization. So um, thank you all for being here. I'm super excited to dive in. Please feel free to pop any and all PMO-related questions in the chat. This group is not shy and not afraid um, so to, to share, share their thoughts and opinions. So take advantage of this brilliant um, panel that we have here today. Uh, tomorrow's panel 
is going to be specifically speakers from this this event, the event, the uh, sessions that were chosen to be a part of this event, the, the on-demand sessions, we will have some of the speakers from those sessions. So if you have questions specifically about one of the sessions, then you definitely want to come to the Q&A tomorrow. Today is all about accelerating your impact. And I am just gonna open it up for whoever wants to take the floor first and share some thoughts uh, with our PMO leader audience. Who wants to go first? I can jump because I'm really, I'm busy writing it down so I don't forget it. So yeah, I might so just say it out loud, right? <laughs> um, to ex accelerating your impact, all I can think of, apart from, you know, I'll, I'll get on the other bit, which we, we should all network and connect. But um, mm -hmm. and coming from Stuart's point, from a business perspective, know what your business is is driving. If you really want to accelerate your impact, the first thing I thought of is I've seen a number of people where their organizations want to, for example really double down on their regulatory risk. Now, if you're going to look at regulatory risk, it's no use sitting there and, and monitoring finance because you're going to have to accept a cost burden um, when you're looking at some of your regulatory outputs. So if you're met, and that's where your KPIs and your criteria, Stuart, you'll love that one, come into come into play because if you're if you're sitting there and monitoring to try and 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 managing costs you've got to accept a cost increase so what i'm trying to say is know what you're actually trying to achieve and have the right kpis and have the right criteria that's going to actually promote and and support that uh if you are looking at things the, the key one that came to mind was the the regulatory impact because those projects are high, highly costly for what some people would perceive as nugatory work whereas it's reducing regulatory risk so yes the, the the kpis and the criteria you can actually start to monitor can stymie what your business is trying to achieve um, there's got to be really aware of that. And the other thing I was going to say is network, 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 come to these events, network, um, learn to, you know, to accelerate. And, and like Laura said, cut, cut those shortcuts, learn the shortcuts. Um, and there's far. no such thing as a silly question, right? <laughs> as you will exactly. find out shortly when I open my mouth. So, and I want to touch on that a minute. Amanda was talking about the um, importance of peer connection. And that was actually the podcast episode that I released this week was all about the importance of peer connection, because I couldn't agree more. I think that one of the things that one of the reasons for my success, well, one of the biggest reasons for my success beyond, um, you know, being brave enough to ask for her forgiveness instead of permission um, is surrounding myself with, uh, yeah, Amanda, that's like tattooed on your forehead, um, <laughs> but which is probably a rabbit hole. We should go down in a minute, a little bit, but the importance yeah. of your connection, the reason that I'm so successful is because I surround myself with brilliant people like all of you, right? I surround myself with people that are constantly challenging my thinking, helping me think differently about things, giving me um, insights that I hadn't, you know, different perspectives, ways I hadn't looked at things before. So, and there's a whole other, so there's the knowledge side, but then there's also just the 
other people that get you side, mm-hmm. right? Like our, like our, 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 our impact engine people coaching group is always like, oh my gosh, there's other people out there dealing with the same stuff I'm dealing with. They're having the same challenges, the same frustrations. And like, nobody gets what a big deal it is that I finally got my sponsor to show up for the meetings and make some decisions, right? Like wow. those are the kinds of things that people are like, <laughs> nobody understands how, how, big of a deal some of the things are that your peers do right like you you go home and you talk to your spouse and they're like what do you do again yeah. right and they don't have any idea what you're doing but your peers do so being able to yeah. share wins and appreciate each other and spend time together uh the was it the rising tide raises all ships right like yeah. that's that's i believe very strongly and i talked about that on the podcast episode this week so for all of you that haven't listened yet definitely take some time to do that and use Um, events like this and the mobile app that we have to connect with your peers and learn together, create connections. I think that's incredibly important. So Amanda, thank you for bringing that up and starting there. I think there's so many facets of that that we can dig into um, here in this session. Hey, can we start with a quick funny story first though? Yeah, man. So, um, so I might've mentioned this on a previous after our session, but uh, my lovely wife of almost 10 years now, I would never have met were not for Laura. So Another prop there for Laura. Um, and, you know, that, Long that, story. Whole, that whole thing you said, Laura, about like what when your spouse says, what do you do again? Yeah. So I was having that conversation for the first time with with my wife, who's a school teacher. And by the way, a phenomenal project manager. She just never called herself that before. Um, She's amazing. And, on something. and I would tell her like, oh, you know, I've got plans tomorrow night. Um, I can't do this or that. I got to go uh, to the PMI meeting. And she mm-hmm. heard the TMI meeting. Stands for too much information, right? So she she thought this is like some kind of oversharing group, <laughs> which I guess you could say is what we're doing on this session That's tonight. Kind of where we are tonight, yeah. Very much an oversharing group. <laughs> and she's probably like, "Where are you going, Laura? Again?" Yeah, because Mike, you and I would often meet each other at PMI meetings in the DC area. She's like, "What are you? What are you doing with Laura again? What's happening exactly?" Just some TMI stuff with Laura. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Leading by example, as usual, Mike. Yes, thank you. Yes, exactly. That's exactly, by the way, if you're new to Impact After Hours, I saw some of you that definitely are not new, like Steve Fulmer, shout out to Steve, one of our awesome thought leaders that we've had on these sessions before. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, this is kind of what this is all about. We're going to actually dive into some things and push the push the envelope a great deal, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, should be having some fun. So so can can I can I poke the audience for a bit? Can I see yeah. who's awake and who's got something for me? Yeah. All right. So, so uh, quite a lot of Americans on the on the session, I think. So, in 1686, Isaac Newton published the Principia. Right now, that's roughly a hundred years before you lot turned traitor and left. Right. <laughs> so before you even had a country. Right. So this is this is not new stuff. We've known this for a long time. So three laws of motion. Who can who can type? Get get on your keyboards. Type in what's Newton's first law of motion. You got you got about ten seconds before I give the answer. Oh, so get typing. Come on, who can do this? Oh, Mike's typing away. He's, oh, we don't oh, I, to no, I don't need to. I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 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 the first the first law of motion is that the objects in in motion keep going at the same same, same velocity. Yeah, Bert Sandler got it. Of force. But yeah, well 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 done, but so so. What's that going to do with project project management portfolios and impact, right? If you don't do anything, nothing's going to change, 
right? So that's the first law of motion for PMOs. You don't do anything, nothing's going to change. So you are the force, number one. And real quick, as change agents, which all of us PMs must be, if, if nothing changes, then that means projects don't get done, which means we're probably not going to be there for long. Right. If there you is no it, change, there is no need for PMO and project management. Excellent. So second law of motion. Anyone want to have a go? Come on. Oh, this one, this Dude, one's easy. This one's easy. Come on, guys. No Googling, by the way. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. Is this the equal thing. opposite thing? No, 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 no. That's the third, third law. Rohini oh, said the, the same thing law. I did. Jump in again. <laughs> Mike, so it's motion. So the second law is, F, law is F equals MA, right? So the force is equal to the mass times, times acceleration. acceleration. <laughs> now, here's the interesting thing about that, right? Most people, most people who think about this stuff, you look at that F equals MA and you just think, oh, it's just an equation. There's something really important about that. The F, the force, and the A, the acceleration, aren't just numbers, right? They don't just have a size. They also have a direction, right? And so when you're pushing, you push in a particular direction. So coming, Amanda, to the criteria you were talking about earlier yeah. and the, the business goals, right? So whatever you do, make sure you're pushing in the right direction, in the direction that the organization wants you to go, right? So if you're going to apply a force, if you want to accelerate, accelerate in the right direction, the direction the organization wants to go. So spend time with leadership and think about what are they trying to achieve? You know, Laura, you do some great stuff in your workshops about this, right? About, you know, what really trying to understand what the drivers of the business are. So third law of motions out of the bag, right? E yeah, exactly. Equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. Right. So this is the third law. Right? If you're not managing your stakeholders, everything you try and do will face an opposite reaction. People will push back on you. Yep. So, so you've got to be able to talk business you got to be able to walk business. You've got to be able to share your ideas. You've got to be able to listen, right? And really communicate with people to carry them with you, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the three laws, Newton's three laws of portfolio management. There you go. That's it. <laughs> I feel down to knowledge though, Stuart. I mean, I know, for example, I had to make a, a pivot in my career and that is to dive. You'll see that I went out and got my company directorship completed. Um, that is to upskill purely in business commercials. You really got to have, a, I've got to agree, but there's what, so we can give the three laws and completely agree with it, but can we just dive into the how? Because I find a lot yeah. of people will, for example, best efforts be trying to continue to do what's right for the business. Um, but when you, you know, you come into like, I'll come in and do recovery work and you look at it and think but you've been driving in the wrong direction with best intentions. So, and that's why I was sort of saying before, make sure we all connect so that you can bounce, be open to bounce off other people and actually be open to have your thoughts challenge as much as to challenge those conversations. Yeah. I love them. Not everybody's open, but yeah, be, be open to be challenged and to challenge so that you can forever test that you're headed in the right direction. You're using the right tools. You're, you've got the right criteria. Because as we all know, setting up criteria is actually difficult because you can, you set up the wrong stuff, you'll drive the wrong way. You'll get that yeah. direction wrong. Well, and, 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 I was just listening to uh, Amy Edmondson, the woman who coined the term psychological safety. And the point she was making that I thought was so important is in an environment that has psychological safety, one of the hallmarks 
is people who say, hello, I think this is stupid. Yeah. I think we're going in the wrong direction. <laughs> Cliff. <laughs> Cliff, yeah, Cliff. So I loved hearing her say that because yeah. when I started my career in Silicon Valley, I was always that person. Are we going in the right direction? No, 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 stop here, stop here. We're, we're, that's not right, let's go over here. And as I got away with it, now I talk to people in very locked down organizations where they go, oh, this isn't my role, this isn't this, this isn't that. So here's what I know. You may get knocked down when you're brash and opinionated. But you know what? You get a great career and you yeah. find the companies that really, really value you. And I think it's worth it. And you leave. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead, Amanda. No, you go, Stu. <laughs> no, you go. No, you go. Um, so, so, but it is a double-edged sword, right? Because one of the things that actually pollutes all of this is, is opinionated people, right? So if that opinionated person happens to be in a position of power, they are going to skew the whole conversation dramatically, right? And, and you know, so, so when you look at um, the dynamics of discussions, right, whoever opens mm -hmm. their mouth first and is most forceful, is going to steer the whole group in a particular direction. So, so you've got to be. So, the, so you have to create a safe. So, Donna, you put your, your finger on it. It has to be a safe environment to have that discussion. Well, and there's a difference between opinionated, because we all know who those people are. Yeah. And people who can say you're going in the wrong direction because of A, B, Evidence. C, D, E, F. Now, yeah. what do? Where am I wrong? Where do you want to change? How do you want to redirect? Opinionate. And so here's a secret. Within the project management discipline, most people who are extremely competent are very focused on the outcome innately because they want to get mm -hmm. there. They want to see mm -hmm. it. They want to make the future. Yes. There's another class of people, and you've got to learn to recognize them. They have one ambition, and it's power, 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 I call them more power. Politics people. Politics. And politics. they will never get you any place you want to get. They will never get the outcome. They might get promoted over you, but you know what? No loss. You don't want that job if it's all politics. You know, that's a really, um, I'm really glad you brought that up because I think um, what I sense from some of the folks in the workshops and things we've been doing today and just generally from this community is how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with people that, um, you know, are, are sta standing in your way of being successful? If you don't feel like you can just ask for forgiveness instead of permission, or you feel like you're being beaten down whenever you try to um, tell people, you know, this is the path forward, right? So what I teach them is this whole concept of like the business leaders, you know, they might not make their strategy clear and, you know, and then they're like changing the priorities all the time. Like this is the song that we hear sung every day. They're constantly changing priorities on us. I can't get them to like focus. We can't get a direction, et cetera. Um, and I teach them a technique called yes and, right? When your business leaders yeah. want to change something, you don't say no. I am so sick of people being told that PMO leaders should be saying no more and project managers should be saying no more. It is not your decision to make. Mm. 
If it's a business change, let the business make the decision and feel the consequences of that decision. Mm -hmm. So I teach them to say, yes, absolutely, we can make this change. And here's what it's going to take. And here's the impact to all the other projects. And here's what Mm. we're going to need to be successful. And here is your role in all of that, right? So this is the kind of thing I've been teaching them. But I'd love for you all to talk about that because you have the bullies. You have the politics power people. You have the people that that make it really hard sometimes to do that, right? Like not everyone, like all of us here on this panel, it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, just do it. Because you know what? We, we didn't all start this way. At least I know I didn't. I used to ask for permission to do things. And then I realized that that was moving us way too slow and that I really didn't care what people thought. I was focused on getting people outcomes, but not everybody's there yet, nor might they ever be. So how might they do, do what we're talking about here and bring people on that yes and journey in uh, maybe a little bit um, softer way or one where it's not so threatening? Well, I'd like to throw the, the whole flow perspective at it. And maybe this is where we talk about yeah, the man. flow density curve, sure. <laughs> which essentially says if you have a wide open system with plenty of open space, like a brand new highway with no cars on it, uh, the more cars you add to it or like the more projects you launch in your portfolio, the more you'll get done uh, up until a point, And we've all experienced that point yeah. at, at rush hour where the opposite starts to be true, that the more projects, uh, the more cars we put into the system, the slower everything goes. Uh, and so when you had the example of saying, you know, yes, and uh, sometimes you can say yes, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, but if we meter this appropriately and avoid overloading the system, everyone will get everything done much faster. And we don't need more resources, you know, or delayed schedules or whatever else. Um, so yes, and let's get clear on our priorities because we're not going to do <laughs> right. all the priorities once. Or at right. the same time, like just because July 1st is the first day of the new fiscal year doesn't mean all projects get launched then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or at least yeah. they shouldn't. If you yeah. want flow, if, if you right. don't mind traffic jams um, and you can show that every square inch of asphalt is being heavily utilized, but that, that then great, your utilization metrics are perfect. Um, but of course, the business won't be too thrilled when they see nothing getting done. So it's, but that comes uh, yeah. back to Donna's point, which is come data-driven decisions, like actually yeah. come with the evidence. You yes. can do the analysis. Yeah. So you yeah. can see I've there got the flow density curve. If we keep yeah. shoving more projects in, here's how much everything will slow down. Yeah. And you can sit in front of them and actually say, you can do this, and all these will be delayed. Mm-hmm. So here's a story. I uh, got pulled out of Oracle Consulting, sent to Oracle headquarters to manage Larry Ellison's, the CEO's top IT project. Now, lucky by the you. Time, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> like, know, you know Stuart wasn't kidding with the we're not worthy. Yeah, yeah, we're not worthy. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. That was supposed to start in October. I landed on the beach March 1st with this long list of everything they wanted done in a couple of months. So there are times when you just have to say, which I did, I walked into the EVP of engineering who I was reporting to, and I said, Ron, here's what it's gonna take if we do everything the way you would like. We're gonna work 80 hours a week. If anything goes wrong, we're gonna stumble and the deadline goes out. And you know it's risky, but if you want us to do it, we'll march. And he looked at me and he said, you're the first person in my career who's ever told me 
how it could be done. And you were crazy. I wouldn't take that risk. And I'm going, right, right, right. Set it up correctly. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you know it's wrong. They know it's probably wrong. But what Ron taught me was by meeting them where they are so so he could go to Larry, it helps. So I did two thirds and a third after the date. And Larry was happy, mm. but I had to make it clear to Ron that we were, we were going to fail if we tried to do it all. That was guaranteed, but at least I showed how it could be done. So that may seem strange, but it's, it's something to put in your toolkit and see if it works. So, so, so let me throw, let, let me throw this out because coming into the call, right? I had this really simple model in my head and, and Donna as usual has destroyed my model. I think oh, yeah. just now. Yeah. Right. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out because I want to hear what you guys say about okay. it. So, so what I was thinking is that to accelerate, there are only actually two levers we've got to pull, right? So the first lever is we've got to put the right vehicles on the highway. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so, so actually, I don't want single occupancy cars. I want lots of buses that carry lots of value right, on the highway. Right? So, so that's about doing the right projects, picking the right projects, the right number of projects to fit the highway, right? So that's, that's the portfolio management piece. And then the other lever that we've got is increasing flow, right? So, so executing them more efficiently and effectively. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, so I came into this conversation thinking those were the only two levers. But now, now Donna, you're, you're talking about a, a different dimension, right? Which is about people and expectations. People. And yeah, right. So, so, so what do you guys think? What, what else am I missing? Well, I would say that if you're setting expectations for s- slow speed, then you might get away with that for a little while, but ultimately you're going to have somebody like Larry Ellison saying that's not acceptable. Yeah. ROI. Right. So yes, I was great at managing expectations, but if the expectation is expect everything to be slow, um, that's got a, that's got a shelf life on it too. So I, so I would tend to agree with your model, Stuart, and just say, yeah, there's all sorts of expectation management things and psychology things and you know, team morale building things and, and on and on and on. But if at the end of the day, the system's not flowing, um, we're not going to get very far. But and if we're flowing, and, and, if we're flowing if we're really bad things. projects to completion, that's also not going to get us very, very far. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But guys, don't organizations and you know I spent those years at Gartner talking to many companies and I think there's two levels of flow what clients have always said to me when I looked at their portfolio was hey the top five percent we know what we're doing you don't even need to talk about that we're going to land that on time with an acceptable budget we've got the right people staffed you know all that other 200 projects in there. And that's kind of tough when you haven't talked to senior management and you're on one of those 200 or you're managing 10 of those 200 projects because they're, you know, they'll yell at you, they'll tell you you're good, whatever, whatever the mood is. But the top five is really all they care about. And, and yeah. that's, a, that's a really interesting kind of conversation about prioritization, Donna. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, what, I don't want to go down that path too far because I'll talk about that all night. But, but, you know, that prioritization thing about figuring out um, 
what those top five are. The top five, you can probably get away with, right? Most, you know, you'll, you'll get good consensus. But as soon as you pass that, the problem is that different people around the table have different things they're trying to achieve. They have different agendas and, and right. different priorities that, that, that they're pushing towards. So you, you've got to get, you get you know, to, if you're going to point the car in the right direction, play your force in the right direction, you've got to fix that. So that's the strategy, though. That's why we're saying yeah. plug back into the business yeah. strategy. Have a look at where, and now I'm going to be pretty cantankerous, actually go up to the C-suite and say, what are your objectives? What makes them successful? What makes the C EO successful is in your prime crosshairs. You, know, you remove all the noise. It doesn't matter what the middle management layer says or some director of a, a, a pillar within the organization. I mean, ultimately, the board has set the direction, they've set the strategy, they've told the CEO, you need to do these top things. And, and, and that is, if he is successful, you will be successful or she. Came out of my mouth wrong. Um, but they. Or they. Or they. <laughs> but that, if, if you can get and ask for it, there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with explaining. I've, I've walked in um, and just sat down, coffee in hand, CEO, and said, tell me what makes you successful um, because if I can hit, hit those targets, uh, the company is successful because they have been thought about. They align with the strategy. But it isn't that usually the top five, Amanda? Isn't that usually the top? I mean, when they call you in and you're yeah. talking to the CEO, if the CEO isn't dealing with the top five, then the whole organization's yep. broken. But the CEO will have agendas such as the company is, uh, for example, the, the company is to increase cash flow. The company is to yep. reduce regulatory risk. The company is to uh, uh, invest in asset. Um, so that, um, you know, building capital asset may be one of that. Now, you will have a number of projects that align. So it's not always the top five. You know, you will have a, a group of projects that align to each initiative that could make up your top 50. Well, the program. And, and, this yeah. is, and, 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 and what Amanda just said is really, really important because sometimes when you go and talk to uh, senior leaders and you, you say, what are your top priorities? They'll give you the top five projects. Those yeah. are not priorities. They're those not are priorities. projects. Right. Those are projects. Thank right. you for saying that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, right. so, uh, so, and it's really important to, to understand the difference, right? The goals are the things Amanda was talking about, you know, increase cash flow, expand market share, things like that. Mm -hmm. right? So it's the end result. And we're going to pick projects to help us achieve those end results. And so, so on that, you know, what should we do dimension? If it was that sort of, which project should we invest in? And then how do we get the flow, right? Those are the two dimensions. And that, in that dimension, you, you got to, you got to make sure you understand, not just from the CEO, actually, because yeah. what, what we, what we usually find is that the CEO has one view and then the guy in the next office has a completely different view. And the guy in the office on the other side, it's almost like they come to work in different companies sometimes, right? They're so divergent. And, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I mean, we see this all the time. Oh, really Mike, Mike, you and I saw one in Brazil, right? Where, you know, everybody was kind of crying out for some formal way of prioritizing stuff because nobody was getting done the projects they wanted to get done. And so, so they kind of bubbled it's it a up. Traffic the, jam. It was yeah. a complete, yeah, total, total traffic jam. So they bubbled it up to the COO and the CEO, just the COO, you know, big Brazilian macho guy says, you want, insert your favorite expletive here. You want priorities. I'll give you priorities, right? And he just 
You just looked at the list of projects and went, that one, that one, that one, and pushed the piece of paper back. Within a week, I don't know if you heard this, Mike, but within a week, Roberto was talking to the VP of sales from that you company. You told me. Yeah, yeah. And the VP of sales was incandescent because suddenly his ability to sell anything and to grow the business had been taken away. Right. right. By All the arbitrary... agency from the entire executive team was taken away. Even though it was, a de- it was decisive, it was like, well, what do you need me for then? Absolutely. You know? so, so what's the point of having a sales team if you're not, not going to give them the tools to go out and sell, right? So, 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 it's, it's, so Amanda, you, you, the spirit of what you're saying, 100%, yep. and I know you weren't saying you only talked to the CEO. Yes. I, I know you weren't, you weren't saying that. But to be really clear to people, you've got to talk to multiple people in that leadership team to build a picture. You've got to talk to people around it, you know, read the strategy documents, read, yeah, look right. at the KPIs of the organization. There's all kinds of sources that you can, you can kind of pull this, stuff, this so, stuff together. Stuart, I mean, remember I used to be a CFO. Quite frankly, if, ever, if you really have a strategy, and most companies don't know what a strategy really is. <laughs> then you can go through and say, we want this, we want this, we want this. You can figure out what order to do it in. And some of those things may be the wrong thing to do. So we haven't talked about wrong projects because there are wrong projects that get in every portfolio and they're just a cost of doing business. But Cash flow. I hate it when I go in and they say, oh, we want more cash flow. Yeah, that's not a strategy. Right. Yeah, the that's strategy an is how you get the cash flow. What are you willing to change to do that? If you want more of this or more the, of that, We've got your screen figure more. out how I you know. want it. I know. Okay, Impact Driver, I hope you really enjoyed the first half of the Impact After Hours session we did at the most recent PMO Impact Summit. Next week, we will do the second half of this live stream Q&A. And don't forget, this episode is sponsored by the Impact Engine PMO program. This is an all-in-one, step-by-step training and implementation program designed to help you build up-level, or even rescue a PMO, no matter if this is your first time or your fifth time building a PMO. You will be amazed at the things you hadn't considered that are the shortcuts to high-impact PMO success. So don't waste any more time trying to Google your way to a PMO. Join us in the Impact Engine PMO program today and just watch how your world changes almost overnight. And you don't need to take my word for it. You can hear success story after success story right on our Impact Engine PMO program page and hear how others that are just like you are getting such big results following our step-by-step program. I can't wait to see you there. Just go to iepmo.com and reach out if you've got any questions. I got you every step of the way. All right. If you found this insightful and if it gave you some new ideas and energy and ways that you feel you can accelerate your impact in your organization, definitely leave a rating and review and let others know that this is the place to come if you want to make a greater impact with your PMO. Bye-bye for now.